to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ, and today in the Movie Film Studios Memorial Theatre, we sat down and watched the 2017 comedy action heist caper, Logan Lucky. Lucky us. Uh, but before we do that, it's time to do what we always do, and that is the box office report. So, Isaac, last week we uh, rushed into, produ- into production a very Puppum's Odyssey. We did, yeah. Uh, with, with our existing menagerie ensemble cast of uh, of beloved uh, puppet, puppet, carri- puppet characters. characters. Yes, yeah, we, we had uh, Magellan the Black Panther, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sebastian the Howler Monkey, yep. Lucy the Meerkat, ZB the Zebra, ZB the Zebra, yep. Ophelia the Elephant. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't need to recount them all. No, no, you no. know them, you love I do. them. So, I do. Um, and, and the public does too. Uh, a little bit of a setback there. We have a um, a legal cease and desist that has been put oh, no. against us. No, and you might think it might come from the Henson Company. Mm. It doesn't. It no. comes from another studio doing um, historic fiction remakes. Using puppet characters, okay. they, they call themselves the Puppets. <laughs> and again, you may think that it's a lazy. We've just replaced one of the word letters in uh, in puppet with uh, an M. Yep. Um, but they've done. Uh, um, they they called it the Puppets. Uh, the Puppets do uh, the Odyssey. Yep. Um, they've done the Puppets do the Iliad, and mm. they they've um started, they've sued us for for our oh, or, it's obviously an illegal. Stu- Having said that, they are being sued by the Henson Company. <laughs> And we are now embroiled in a like a, a chain of okay. uh, legal action. It's a tadukin of legal it is, affairs. It is the tadukin of legal affairs. Um, luckily, we have. I'm not worried. We have no, the legal department to deal with it. No. Um, it we- hasn't. It really hasn't halted production that much. Yep. Um, yeah. As as we've uh, recalled previously, we're on a we're in a 50 story building. Top floor uh, is the green room where yep. we pitch our films. Every other, floor Every other floor is filled with lawyers. There's, there are now um, 14 sub-basements as well. Really? Because um, when, the, yeah, we said, you know, no more, we're not building any higher, no yep. more floors of lawyers above yep. the green room. Ah, they just started building down. Down, yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost like a termite's nest down so there. So, there's, there's the server room for Mephizdabitter. Yeah. Um, our streaming platform, and then just more lawyers. Yeah, great. Just, it's lawyers all the way down. Great. Um, so they'll handle it. Uh, obviously, yeah. Um, got some seamstresses on uh, making mm-hmm. many iterations of uh, of puppets. Um, yep. And uh, I think I'm not sure if you got the email. Flights booked to Greece. Um, oh yeah, great, great. Uh, did we buy that island? Uh, we did. Great. And, and what we're doing as well, because obviously, um, quite a lot of that um intellect like the intellectual property we're going to shoot in greece is obviously now in uh, out of uh, copyright and in the sort of creative commons sort of domain yeah, in yeah. the public domain we decided that one of the more sensible things to do there as well is shoot every like a remake uh Popham's remake of every movie ever set in greece <laughs> and we can hold on to it for 100 years or so yep. until it like uh comes back you know so we're doing um uh, Mamma Mia, I believe, is set on a Greek island, so we're going to shoot a, uh, a very Puppum's Mamma Mia. <laughs> Just wait until that lapses into the public domain, and then we can release that. Great. Um, we're even yep. doing uh, a very Puppum's Greece. <laughs> Technically not set in Greece, but there was but, a bit uh, of confusion. We thought we might as well do it anyway, so... Okay, yeah. I like it. Uh, and that We have no other... <laughs> we can't think of any other films set in no Greece, No other films set in Greece, no. <laughs> None whatsoever. In fact, yeah, there probably haven't been any other films set in Greece, right? Who knows? Who knows? I think my big fat Greek writing too. Again, I haven't seen any of them. It's got the word Greek in there. We'll, we'll do it anyway. And we'll set this one in Greece. Very right. Puppums, my Great. big fat Greek wedding. All right. So we're not worried. So you will see the Puppums come back to our screens at some point in the future. Yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, still some issues getting that uh, Mephisto would uh, up on uh, online. Um, yep. But as soon as it does, we'll uh, you know digitally stream that right to your to your eyeballs I would say favourite device it's not really available on iPads or iPhones no. or TVs you can do it we've got it on um, Game Boy Color we've got exclusive, <laughs> exclusive rights to stream onto that and um, okay. uh, yeah and uh, I reckon we get into the, the hardware palm, the, palm should, pilot the Palm Pilot well. oh, oh great great uh, yeah. we should get into the hardware business at some point you know how Amazon is like yeah we're going to create this streaming platform but we're also going to create the devices that you can use to stream it on yeah I think that's where we need to go next um, and actually just control all aspects of production and uh, distribution. Um, 
It's getting a bit more. I mean, I started this movie film studio with you <laughs> yep. to just come up with movies, I and know. I know, and the business keeps expanding into all these sort of different areas. I really, yeah. I mean, at some point, it'd be nice to just sort of strip it back and go. We we produce that. films, but the the current climate of uh, of media distribution isn't like that anymore. No. In fact, you mentioned that um, uh, Disney is looking to be in the business of acquiring yeah, 20th right. Century Fox. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's uh, news this week is that uh, Disney's looking to purchase um, a lot of Fox's assets, including 20th Century Fox, the movie dis- uh, the movie studio, uh, in a deal worth $60 billion. 60, 60, I mean, we've got to get ourselves a slice of that pie. I, I think if, if do, there's yeah. If there's big fish out there consuming little fish, <laughs> yeah. we are, we're little fish. If we can get Fox to buy us first and then Disney buys Fox then surely we'll get a part of that. That's true. You know, in, in fact, to, to put ourselves, like, in the running, mm. maybe we should start acquiring other movie studios. Yeah, great idea. Can we can we acquire that studio that's making those historical puppet films? It's true. Like, why not merge with the puppets? Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, and we can... Yeah, just I think that's not a bad idea. We start acquiring smaller studios, and yeah. people go, "Oh, look, this, these these guys are serious about it. They're yeah, yeah, they're yeah. acquiring Disney's acquiring mm. movie film studios and Disney in the same conversation." Yeah, absolutely. Suddenly, those sixty billion dollar price tags don't look yeah. so uh, don't look so. So, if you own a small movie studio, get in contact with us through Twitter or Facebook, and uh, we'll think about acquiring yeah. you. Yeah, we'll sit down, sit down with you, see what you've got to offer, see if it fits in with the uh, the movie film studios. Oh, will. Oh, absolutely. It just will, but. Yeah. We'll have a we'll have a sit down meeting anyway. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I suppose we should move on then to uh, to this week in trailers. This week in trailers. Yeah. Uh, what did we watch this week, uh, AJ? Well, we watched a couple of films this week, or a couple of trailers rather. Uh, the first cab off the ranks is the next instalment in the Ray uh, Rays in the Maze Runner series. I assume it is a series. It is a series. Yep. Yeah. Uh, called the Death Cure. Death Cure. So this sort of came out about uh, the same. Uh, at the same time, the Hunger Games was sort yeah. of sweeping through um, uh, cinemas and a massive uh, um, money-making uh, hall. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, they started buying up lots of books by young adult authors. Yeah, uh, this is based on a series by James Dashner. So sure. The, the the Maze Runner is the first one, and Scorch Trials, Death mm-hmm. Cure. I think there's a fourth one. I've read the first two books. Yep. I've seen the first film, um, and now they're obviously onto the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's a weird series of books conceptually sort of bounces all over the place i really yeah. i really liked the first book really liked the first movie but in in a way that um th- that sort of phase has sort of come and gone right the hunger games i think mocking jay part one and two was it was years be- ago been now. and gone yeah. years and years ago um they did this for, for a lot of things like Insurgent and Divergent I think uh, are two oh, yeah. that I think also had a third one I'm not sure they're making a third uh, movie yep. at least this film franchise has got enough legs that they're going you know what the first <laughs> one made enough money we made two two made enough money we make three who knows if they'll make the fourth uh, fourth book but there's sort of very few of those things that so the Golden Compass I'm not sure if you ever yeah, yeah, is yep. based on a, a trilogy by Philip Pullman they mm. made the first film <laughs> and kind of like ended it like 20 pages shy of the end of the first book yep um, and and obviously had plans on doing all three and, and it just it. flopped. Yep. So, yeah. And that had a huge cast in it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah that had Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig and, and um, was Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman in that too, yeah. Um, uh, That's what Freddie I... Highmore is the voice of the... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pantillamon, I think his name is. Sure. Uh, I mean, the question I have to ask about the, the Maze Runner as well is who's giving it legs? Like, who is either who's bankrolling it and who's still watching them <laughs> i don't like th- has there been demand out there that we just haven't been aware of for the continuation of this series or, or who what knows and correct me if i'm wrong i haven't seen these films but i do remember the trailers and sort of um being aware of them as entities are any of the original actors in this yeah, film? Yeah, they all, they all, like the main guy uh, and uh, the main girl. Yep, uh, Effie from Skins, who was in one of our favorite films, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean Five. Yep, Dead, Dead Men, Men Tell, Tell, Chesty, Chesty Tales, Chesty Tales. Tales. Um, <laughs> they were both in the first one. I think Julianne Moore was in the original. I okay. think she's subsequently dropped off. This one does actually have an ensemble cast of people that you recognize. So it's got uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Yep, it has. Um, Jojen from Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's pretty much just all the characters who have died in Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, they've been um, freed up. Uh, have yeah, now con- just signed on. Like I think they must. The studio must be just next door. <laughs> and then as they like read their final scripts, dejected that their characters finally yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a guy at the gate. Go, hey guys, you want to be in the next Maze Runner film? Yep. So, like, we don't have a job. Might as well come across. So, so what about Sean Bean? Yep, he was he was the Maze in the first one. Oh, <laughs> 
Um, uh, yeah, look, I have, I have no idea what Sean Bean's up to, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see that in cinemas sometime yeah. later. I Having said when. that, uh, it's actually kind of an exciting time for movie film studios because um, most of the films that we've reviewed trailers for... Mm. Are starting to come out. Yeah. So, like, we we did Geostorm, and we were we very did. excited about Geostorm. Yep. Um, downsizing came out at the yeah, at the movies. I sure think we did. mentioned downsizing in our, uh, in our second episode. So Jum- that's Jumanji's, Jumanji's out about soon. to come yeah, out. I Boxing think that's Day. Boxing Day uh, release here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, very very excited about Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Uh, we may do as we did with the Geostorm. We we'll not wait for the Blu-ray release. We no, might have to go uh, private screening. We're go to wait our, for, our private screening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Might be a bit more difficult private screening because Boxing Day and New Year's Day are traditionally the biggest uh, days at the cinema yeah we may look maybe just to be generous we open up our private screening to the public as well I think that's a good um, idea so, it's so very that, charitable of you it's very Ebenezer Scrooge at the end of A Christmas Carol of you yeah. to do that <laughs> what day is it today sir why it's Jumanji screening day <laughs> it's Jumanji screening day uh, what's the second trailer we watched this week? Oh, well, it's the sequel to one of our favourite uh, films of all time. Um, and actually, the topic of our very first podcast, uh, it was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, so, which... I don't know how to classify this. Is it the second Jurassic World film or is it the fifth Jurassic Park film? I don't know. And I hate that we have to ask these questions. Like, why are we in this point? Why are we in this point in 2017 where we have to actually sit down and figure out the semantics of like, is it a sequel or is it the fifth film in the franchise? I don't know and I don't care. We'll call it the second Jurassic World film because I have very much built it as Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yes. Um, Fallen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, it's going to be one of those things where any franchise film with the word kingdom in it has to be a horrible film. Yep. Um, this looks pretty bad, to be honest. It looks um, awful. I quite recently listened to our first podcast mm. and I was very harsh of Jurassic World. Again, it's not an enjoyable movie like when you sit down and pull it to pieces. Yep. But having said that, I'd probably rather sit down and watch Jurassic World than most of the other films that we've watched Really? Um, so far. Yeah, really? like, I even, like, sometimes I'm like... Pirates 5? Really? No, I, I'd absolutely watch Jurassic World over Pirates 5. The over, Mummy? Over The Mummy as well. Um, maybe sometimes, possibly, even over The Goonies, if I'm <sighs> in the right mood. I, like, you, I think The Goonies, you have to be in a childish sort of mood. Yeah. It has it has the action, it has the adventure, it has the dinosaurs, and it has Chris Pratt. There's, yeah. a, there's enough elements there to, to keep you coming back. Um, Why not just watch Jurassic Park? Exactly. Well, that's the point. If you're offering the choice between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, I'd choose the park every time. Of course. Um, uh, but anyway, this this looks terrible. Uh, the the plot seems to be we need to go back to the island yeah. because we need to retread the plot of the Lost World Jurassic exactly. Park. Exactly. Where Jurassic World was just a shell of a remake of Jurassic Park. This <laughs> yeah. looks like a shell of a remake of the of Lost a shell World. Shell of a sequel. But yeah, so I don't know why you would. So the the basic idea in this is that um, the island is about to explode. There's mm. some sort of like volcano. Um, well, it's not. It's not uh, actually uh, described as such. All Chris Pratt says is the island is exploding. Yeah, and they're like, so it could be anything. These dinosaurs have rights. We have to go there and protect mm. them. Um, and the 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 way that they wrote Chris Pratt into doing that is because he has an emotional bond with Blue, who was the um the uh, female Velociraptor yep. character. I keep saying Velociraptor <laughs> and hitting that T O R. Like <laughs> I should just go Australian, go Velociraptor. Uh, you want to you know hitting it Velociraptor is kind of like you're a a um, a British explorer yes. from the 1800s and you're off to colonize the new world. Sure. So uh, they they all show up on the island and um, uh, supposedly to protect the species because they have as much right to live as any. So it's a conservationist effort, which I think again, but- Lost World was a protect the dinosaur conservation effort thing yeah but it was like protect them by leaving them there whereas in this one it's like well the island's not going to exist anymore so we're going to take them all off the island like yeah who knows who knows what their actual plan is they only turn up in a couple of trucks and and uh, you know maybe a handful of people like what's your plan here anyway in in the trailer the volcano erupts there's lava flowing there's smoke flowing all the dinosaurs are running away from it and end up running off a cliff yep and the um Dallas Bryce Howard <laughs> Bryce Howard Dallas Dallas anyway Dallas what, Buyers Club yeah, yeah um she and some other guy drive off one of those little bubbly ball glass things from the the first film and yeah. Chris Pratt is running behind and he is engulfed by smoke yep. you mentioned to me which I didn't know that apparently all the shots in this are from the first twenty minutes of the film yeah Colin Trevorrow um the director of the first film and the screenwriter for this one has stated on twitter or something that all the content from the trailer is from the first 20 minutes 
So who knows where they're going to go from here? And no, I don't know no, why no. you would even show that or admit that. Or because I mean, one of the sequences is a good sort of like two minute sequence, which is just like this is the shots that we've had, we've done the special effects for, yeah. and we have to put out a trailer. Yep. Um, I don't know. I will watch it, but I don't know if I'll enjoy it. I will watch it if we do it in our like during the Blu-ray release. I don't want to pay money to watch this. I just, well, I mean, I'm gonna have to anyway to get the Blu-ray, but. Uh, I don't want to go to a cinema and watch this. I just, I just don't care enough. Like, I hate, I hated Jurassic World so much, and this looks even worse, if it's even possible. Well, this is the problem. I, by by them saying that it is just the first twenty minutes of the film, it gives me hope that they could just go, so, they could go somewhere incredibly like unforeseen in the the last end of the the last part of the film. Yeah, and you go, wow, that's like a like. <laughs> Dinosaurs in Nazi dinosaurs in space. <laughs> that's exactly what the public was crying out for. Yeah, but see, that's that's crap of them if they save it for the end. We only we have the balls to have it right at the start of the film, right? Like we are like, no, our film is about Nazi dinosaurs in space from the start and at the finish, not oh plot twist halfway through. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm sorry, that still wouldn't. Yeah, well, it. there you go. Not I, I, what I think they've really missed mm. is is focusing on the character of Barry Nibbles. <laughs> I think I think it's a, such a misstep of them. Like they they went to all the effort of bringing back Chris Pratt, and of yeah. course, like everyone loved Chris Pratt, yeah, but yeah. the second most popular character in Jurassic World doesn't even get a look in in the trailer. That's and maybe right, maybe yeah. that's why you know hold some things back. Uh, you know what? That could be what the film is about. So the first twenty minutes are about tying up all the loose ends from Jurassic World that everyone cared about. So what happens to Chris Pratt? What happens to Dallas Buyers Club? What happens to the T-Rex and the Velociraptor? They all die. They all die. They all get uh, subsumed by lava or consumed rather. And then the camera just sort of drifts away from that scene of devastation down into the water, down, 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 where the lava can't get it and it's yeah. just Barry Nibbles and the rest of the film is just Barry Nibbles. But what is that film though? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it could, could be... be it like, could, I think we do like a... Um, uh, what's the one? Benjamin Button. Yep. And, it, and it's just his adventures through yeah, life. Yeah. And I think um, Barry Nibbles has got that immortal jellyfish th- fish thing where sure. at any point he can revert back to his uh, juvenile state okay, yep. and theoretically live forever. Yep. So it is It is pretty much just the Barry Nibbles, Benjamin <laughs> yeah, yeah. Button story. I like that, uh, you know, <laughs> the camera goes down to the water and then Barry Nibbles just puts on a hat, grabs his briefcase and goes, <laughs> well, that's the end of Barry Nibbles. <laughs> I'm out of here. Oh. And then it just he just swims off, and then we follow him. Yeah, and see where true. he goes. I would watch that. I think. So. I mean, to be fair, I I do and often uh, find myself watching the things that we release. But speaking of uh, films with pseudo sequels, which I guess Jurassic World kind of is a pseudo sequel to Jurassic Park. Uh, this week we watched Logan Lucky, which you could say is kind of a redneck version of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, um, sure. I mean. That's and, that and is why not? the best way of de- describing it. Mm. Instead of um, instead of a big casino, it's NASCAR. Yep. Instead of uh, suave suit wearing George Clooney, it's <laughs> West Virginian Channing Tatum. Um, and uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver and, and uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig yeah. is in there as well. Uh, so this film uh, was directed by Steven Soderbergh, who also did the Ocean's trilogy. Yep. Uh, the Informant was another film he did I quite yes. liked. Is he was he Aaron Brockovich? I saw his name associated uh, with that. I'm not sure if he actually I directed it. I think he directed that. Um but he did he did uh, Inside the Candelabra or no, Beyond the Candelabra. Behind Behind the Candelabra. Uh and he's also done a bunch of TV uh work and so on and so forth. Funny thing with Soderbergh as well is that he retired from directing films after Behind the Candelabra. Uh, and came back to direct this one because he loved the screenplay so much, which was sent to him by some anonymous screenwriter. Yeah, so it's credited as Rebecca Blunt, but mm. any further probing shows that people are not sure if she's a real person. Uh, they speculate that, you know, she is supposedly maybe um, Soderbergh's wife or... Or Soderbergh something. himself, actually. Yeah, who knows? Like, um, the, the really weird thing about it is that the script just feels so... It's- yeah perfectly steven soderbergh yeah, that yeah. you um you, you'd struggled it's like i really thought he would have written this because it's just so it has that same spark and that same wit and and uh, the same flow i guess as his other films uh but before we get too uh far ahead of ourselves i think it's worth doing our little two minute recap two minute recap yes indeedy uh so as we've established this is isaac's domain 
Are you ready? I am indeed. Brilliant. All right, two minutes on the clock, and your time starts now. Uh, so there is our character who I got Logan Lucky. I don't Jimmy remember. Logan. Jimmy, sure. The, the, it's, uh, Logan comes from the family name. Um, uh, there's uh, two brothers and a sister, played yep. by uh, Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, and Riley Keogh. Kellogg. Uh, who knows? Um, she uh, she is from. Um, I think she's in Magic Mike and a few other bits and pieces, which uh, Steven Soderbergh directed. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, Channing Tatum is down on his luck. Uh, divorced dad who gets fired from his job working construction because he's got a limp and um, they think it's an insurance um, liability. Um, the Adam Driver thinks that there's a Logan family curse where um, no one in their family is lucky. I think their mum won the lottery in 83 and lost all the money and then there's a story about the granddad's diamond. Adam mm-hmm. Driver plays a um, an amputee, a subradial, I believe he calls it, which means he has his forearm but doesn't have a hand, mm-hmm. um, which is actually handled really, really well in terms of the um the, the CGI yeah, yeah um the way that which they shoot yeah, it yeah Channing Tatum uh, devises a plan to steal um money from a massive vault that's sort of adjacent to the work site that he was working on so the story goes that uh, underneath the NASCAR stadium a bunch of sinkholes have appeared and that's why he's down there with a big construction crew to try and patch them up and one day while they're working there they kind of accidentally um, discover a whole bunch of tubes pneumatic tubes. Um, and it's explained that all the money from the stadium runs down these tubes and into a big, big vault somewhere uh, near the area, somewhere underground. And so he devises a scheme whereby he, his brother, uh, his sister, and a demolitions expert called Joe Bang, played by Daniel Craig, will steal all this money from uh, this underground vault. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I'm thinking that for our two-minute recap, it might just be worth leaving it there. Yeah, because it's a Steven Sto- Steven Sto- it's a Steven Soderbergh film. <laughs> it's a Steven Soderbergh film, so you're yeah. thinking that perhaps we shouldn't spoil it. Yeah. So, um, well, I think we should mention actually this is an interesting one for us because. This is a phenomenal film. It is really good. It's and this really is one good. of the reasons that I really don't want to get into spoilers because a lot of the time we watch a film and go, we're just going to tell you what happens in it because it's not really worth watching. Yep. This is absolutely a film that's worth watching. Oh, 100%. Um, in fact, like there have been two really great films that begin with the word Logan to have come out this year. <laughs> yeah. The first one being Logan yep. and this one, uh, Lucky Logan. Um, so, I mean, you it's a it's a heist film. Yes. You described it as um, Redneck Ocean's Eleven. In mm. the film, there's a joke that it's like it's Ocean 7-Eleven. Ocean 7-Eleven, um, yeah. Which is a really, really sort of like nice, well-landed joke. So, if you have any interest in going and watching it, then absolutely do. Yeah. And probably do well, before you listen yeah, to the rest I mean, of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably try and avoid spoilers as best we can from this point on, but um, no guarantees, yeah. really. I mean, the, the rest of the heist is just a well-thought-out... Um, cleverly executed story of sort of like plot twists and events and escapes and... um, And double bluffs, but not for the characters in the film, for the audience. In the same way that Ocean's Eleven, um, they go through a heist and you're not really sure what they're doing at any given time for the most part when they're actually performing the heist and you're not sure how they got away with it. And then after they've actually finished everything, they go back and they show you all the pieces that you didn't see prior and you see how it all fits together and how they elegantly got away with this crime. Uh, Logan Logan Lucky does pretty much the same thing. Um, I think Soderbergh said in an interview that he was attracted to the script because it was like Oceans. It was like a pared-down um, basic version of an Oceans film. So none of the characters have any kind of grand technology. None of them have any glitz or glamour or nice cars or any money whatsoever. Um, I think he said it was like, uh, you know, a couple of pieces, a couple of rubber bands uh, put together to make a heist. And that's effectively what it is as well. It's it's really cleverly done. Um, everyone in it is great as well, yeah. acting wise, I'll with one exception. One caveat. Seth MacFarlane shows up as a London businessman who um, is an energy drink owner who sponsors one of the NASCARs. And he, I mean, the part could have easily be played by Russell Brand because it just seems to be yeah. Seth MacFarlane trying to do Russell Brand. It's really kind of frustrating having him in the film yeah. because he 
is a little bit inconsistent with that English accent. Yeah. And his character is just kind of like annoying and over the top. Yeah. And like, whereas every other character seems sort of like perfectly cast, that's like the one misstep that I, I feel they had in the film. He's not horrible in the film and he has no, a no, very, no. very small role. Yeah. But I just don't think he's necessary in that as that character. I almost feel like he was in there to try and give the film an antagonist. So in Ocean's Eleven, there is a very clear antagonist in the form of President uh, Andy Garcia, President Andy Garcia uh, who owns a bunch of casinos and he, sh- he sort of shafted um, one of the members of the Ocean's group. Well, he, of- he, he's, yeah, but uh, yeah, so um, George, is it George Elliott? I don't actually. It is, yeah. Um, but also he's now dating uh, Danny Ocean's wife. Yes. For, so like there's a, f- a few there's reasons, a few reasons to, why. To and he, and he, over, he but- comes across as very odious and... Uh, you know, very uptight. Uh, but this film doesn't really have a clear antagonist at all. Like, no, they're not really... They're really just down on their luck. I mean, yeah. I think that's the whole point of it. It's kind of like a... Almost like a feel-good story. Yeah. Um, you don't really root for... Or you don't really have, like, a thing where you're like, oh, man, I hope they triumph over those bad guys because there aren't any bad guys in it. Whereas Seth MacFarlane's character kind of fits that yeah. a little he's, bit. He's a jerk who gets his yeah. um, comeuppance. I mean, if you took him out of the film, I think it would still work fine yes i think that he i mean his character is useful as well there's sort of certain stakes where characters who are supposed to be locked up in jail yeah um, are spotted at the nascar event and there's this sort of like holy hell this is a spanner in the works of their yeah, plan yeah, that, yeah. how are they going to get past and you know it's, it's a good story moment it's it creates tension mm. and then um as we sort of go through we find out the resolution of that and it's quite satisfying mm. i just i didn't like seth mcfarland's accent no but uh speaking of amazing accents i think we need to talk about daniel craig playing Joe Bang. Uh, so Daniel Craig plays a um, burly, tattooed, bleach blonde haired uh, redneck, uh, so far removed from anything I've ever seen him play before. With an amazing, I thought it was amazing. His his accent was again. I, I could couldn't. I, so it set around um, North Carolina, yeah, and West, Virginia, West Virginia, like on the border there. I don't specifically know exactly what those accents sound like. But at no point did I think any of the characters felt false to me. In the yeah. way, with the exception of Seth MacFarlane doing a bad British accent, yep. um, Daniel Craig, an Englishman doing an American accent, was very, very good. Yep. Even like, that's obviously not Channing Tatum's natural accent either. No. And I didn't really ever feel, feel like that uh, slipped at any point. Katie um, Holmes is in this film as Channing Tatum's uh, ex wife. And I felt that her accent, maybe it's just because I know how she speaks very, very well. Uh, is it all the years you watched Dawson's yeah, Creek? Yeah, so many years. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's kind of her her voice is imprinted in my mind, and I can hear her doing a southern accent, and it feels like it just doesn't doesn't come across as authentic. Yeah, she, but she has about six lines of dialogue though, so I that's worry right. About yeah, it it's much. it's incredibly minor. Um, but everyone else in this film does a, a yeah. stellar job. Stellar casting. Mm. Just like the the other thing that's really worth pointing out is the cinematography yeah. is just stunning. Yeah. Um. So Soderbergh himself uh, tends to shoot his own films. Uh. So he shot all three Ocean's films and he shot this film as well uh, under a pseudonym. Actually, um, Peter Andrews is what he credits himself as as a cinematographer. I don't know why that is. I don't know why. He has to do that. I don't know it's, if it's a it's, legal it's thing. Guild, guild rules, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. I don't, you, you didn't get the um, the four hundred page document that I <laughs> PDF that I emailed through about I, the well, uh, Screen Actors Guild. Oh, and well. All the laws that we've uh, apparently uh, have to adhere to that no one's you know. I, I skimmed it. I mean, ignorance is bliss, though. I suppose. I like know, you, right. you're probably better off uh, not reading it. That's what the lawyers <laughs> tell me. Right? Yeah, like plead ignorance in court <laughs> always goes well. Yeah. <laughs> I think they have actually advised me to just like format my hard drive and, and claim that I've never even seen the document. Yeah, so I may yeah, have yeah. to go and do that. <laughs> you know what's interesting about this film, though? Uh, so there is more Oceans films coming in the form of um, kind of pseudo sequels, I the guess. Kate Blanchett, is she yes. in Oceans 8 or 9? Oceans I 8. I can't remember so which one I think, calling it. I think they're setting up an Oceans 8, 9, and 10 and then followed it on with Oceans 11, 12, and 13. I don't think they're prequels. I think they're set after the events of the Oceans films, but it follows the adventures of Danny Ocean, George Clooney's character, um, his sister, okay, who's also a master criminal. Sure. The- and it's an, entire fe- it's an entirely female cast. Um, Soderbergh's not directing that. He's producing it along with Clooney. Um, and the only character that's confirmed to be appearing in the new trilogy is Matt Damon's character, 
I don't know if it's going to be anywhere near as good. So I'm kind of glad that Logan Lucky came around and gave me another Oceans film without yeah. being another Oceans film. Because I'm a huge fan of those films. I think everyone is. I think that's the, like, I mean, maybe not everyone. I, I get a very, a sense of, like, when you see the plan unfurl, mm. it's just like, that's so clever. Yeah. And just, like, you, they do these, like, innocuous shots of, like, uh, closing or opening a boot and there'll be an item in the boot. Yeah. And the, uh, that item will factor into their yeah, you know, yeah, disguise yeah. or plan later on. And Soderbergh doesn't just gloss over them either. It's a very consistent, like, a, a very deliberately shot um, or uh, deliberate framing of specific items. So there's a bit where they show, spoiler alert, they show uh, a fireman's helmet in the boot of this car and the camera holds on that for a while while the boot's being closed. And you're like, why is that shot there? There's no reason for it. And it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of confusing. Um, but as is his way of directing and his method of storytelling, you know it's going to factor in later. Um, and it's really clever to see how that tiny little thing that they had at the start factored in later on as well um and that's the joy of watching these kind of films yeah. i guess and it's been a while since we've seen something like this like a really yeah. good heist uh caper um, because i mean again if we're talking as much as we are about the oceans film it's worth talking about the progression oceans 11 12 and 13 mm. i really like oceans 11 i think it's a fantastic film i can rewatch it over and over again yep i've seen oceans 12 twice and it's pretty horrible <laughs> yep. because it doesn't have any of those payoff moments no the the big sort of plot twist is oh we'll pretend that the julia roberts looks like julia roberts and it's horrible or we'll have french man like parkouring through laser beams which is impossible and the big twist at the end is the egg that they were stealing all along they, had already been yeah. stolen 30 years ago and that we were stealing a fake and then they put in like we're going to do a holographic represent like us yeah I'm like that technology doesn't exist you can't do what you're doing the story is idiotic yeah. rather than clever i think it came through was it during a writer's uh, strike or Who something knows? like that it, i mean yeah look unlike they, they should have just abandoned it they've probably already spent a whole bunch of money on george clooney and brad pitt and matt damon yeah. Catherine Leader jones and julia roberts and i think the studio wanted it because it's a warner yeah. brothers film and i think they just wanted more sequels so soderbergh kind of churned out 12 13 was an improvement it, absolutely but again not a clever film you're looking no. for those sort of plot twists but it is uh, i think as you put it when we were discussing this earlier a revenge film mm. um and it's just them seeking ways of screwing someone over yeah and uh yep sure that's fine but it's not that clever heist um that you know that we yeah, all really yeah, want yeah. to see that we all expect they've gone and done a few sort of other different things you're mm. like that's nice other people are doing those films much better stick to the heists please <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that there's demand out there for heist films clever heist films clever heist films films that have an ensemble cast ensemble perhaps, cast yeah uh very slickly produced very yeah. nice to look at and tight, and tight cinematography yeah really nice scores yeah, like little yeah, some jazz yeah, yeah. flute going in around there i quite like yeah. so okay um so what all do you right think? i think i think we have unraveled uh logan lucky to mm. the point where we can take <laughs> it to the green room all right and how are we getting to the green room again we're going through an audio sting oh yeah cue the sting we're here oh god you know what i i said before that it is much much um more convenient doing mm. the audio teleportation audio sting than going up those sort of 50 floors past the um um lawyers in the elevator yep but do you get that like you know in those brief seconds mm. where it's between um the memorial theater and yep. here there's like that that other reality that you just sort yeah. of catch for just a second just a second like i've i i always try and keep my eyes closed mm. but the the burning fire and the screams i can't i can't really tune out so much um it, and it is again it is marginally better yeah than than having to walk past the lawyers yeah but i'm just scared if i open my eyes what, what yeah, i'll see I, mm, maybe oh geez i don't know I, I mean i'm still happy to keep doing it but uh, uh, well it's so convenient yeah it isn't is. it and i mean it, yeah just so long as you you know screams of torment and anguish i mean they're only a second long anyway yeah, so you can put up true. with that well here we are in the green room yeah. Uh, so I think it's time. We need to do. We need to do a caper. We need it to is, do a, it a is nice, a, a, a sort a, of a heist robbery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Film ensemble uh, cast. Ensemble cast yep. all the way. Yep. 
Um, the question is, so what uh, Oceans does is they set it in Vegas, yep. and it feels very Vegas. Mm-hmm. This one they've set in sort of a, a uh, rural country, mining, country, coal mining yeah. America, yep. um, and it they've they've captured that feel very, very well. Yep. Um, we need our own setting, our own sort of like stamp of, um, mm-hmm. again, we have the option of going at any point during time, yep. at any point around the world, yep. um, which actually might be kind of an interesting like, I'm thinking ancient history. Oh like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like yeah. you know, a uh, uh, Rob the Pharaoh or Rob yeah. the Chinese Emperor or Rob Great. Rob the sort of Roman sort yep. of like uh, um, Senate. Like yeah, we, yeah. we do like a real a real sort of period piece yep. um, heist because like it still works, right? Because these, these yeah, are the guys, these are the guys that are hoarding all the gold. Yeah, and then you can do that sort of Robin Hood sort of you know steal yeah. from the rich and greedy kind of thing going and on. So. Think about it. Like all those points in history, particularly with the pharaohs and ancient Egypt, that's when all the treasure was around. That's what we're all chasing nowadays, right? That's where certain films are talk about like stealing one artifact from ancient Egypt. Our film can be for a whole vault of artifacts from ancient Egypt. You know what works really well then? If we're going to do like an Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 13, mm. we can have them stealing the same artifact oh, but at different points in history. Different points in history, And like yeah. I can have different ancestors of the main character so okay, trying yeah, to yeah, sort yeah. Of go up against that artifact. That's great. Really like, so Egypt, you reckon? I think Egypt's I a really start with Egypt. good place yeah, to start. A, I mean, we haven't seen much. It's everything that comes out of Egypt is really kind of hammy and supernatural because it's always about, you know, the mystical... Um, mummies and and uh, yeah. the undead and they had curses and what's that horrible gods of egypt um film that came out last oh year, yeah was yeah it? yeah um, by alex proyas i think is the director australian who's director. An australian director but yeah. it was very cg very like the gods yeah. are real yeah, yeah, have, yeah, yeah was even prince of egypt was an animated film that yeah. I, I never watched but which is which, a, that's honestly a great film okay, but, i mean go. like prince of egypt didn't really go down the whole prince of egypt was a pseudo religious film as exactly. well exactly i mean but this is the things that people get tied up in they get tied up yeah. in the superstitious mummy yeah. they get tied up in the religious um sort of aspects yep. or like the, so the um judeo-christian mm. um moses and let my people go or they get tied up in the anubis osiris sort of yeah, mythology yeah, yeah, yeah. of egypt they never go here is Egypt as it was, yep. and here are these, you know, um, the classes and the, the structure yeah, of absolutely. the society and everything like that. So we won't do no supernatural, no magic, no? No magic. No, no magic, great. So it's going to be ancient Egypt as it actually, well, what we assume it actually was. Yeah. Okay, great. So what are they stealing? I'm just trying to think how do we how do we get jazz flute in there? But you can have like you know the snake charmer kind well, of flute. Yeah, I'm ja- sure is around uh, jazz snake charmer. Yeah. Um, what are other jazz in- pan pipes? <laughs> um, did they have pan pipes uh, in ancient Egypt? Probably. Uh, it's one of the earliest. Uh, they they had drums, jazz drums. Yeah. Um, jazz. Um, oh, Glockenspiel. <laughs> Uh, sure. I'm just again. I'm probably getting too far ahead of myself with the, yeah, with the soundtrack. That's right. Um, I think maybe we go like a um, Ramesses or one of the pharaohs has died. Yep. And they're they're going to inter him in the Valley of the Kings. Yep. And they're going to put all of his earthly possessions in mm. there. And they have one night before they seal up the tomb yeah. to to break in before they've laid all their booby traps or whatever they do yep. for, for for grave robbing. Mm-hmm. And they have one night to get in, to get in. and steal yeah. and and get back out again. Okay. Um, Brilliant. And obviously, you know, it's, you've got your um your main sort of lead Danny Ocean type yeah, character yeah. who I don't know. And then I'm also thinking like in, in oceans it's, and there's like, or even in um, Logan Lucky, there's demolitions expert yeah. and then there's Chinese gymnast. And yeah, then yeah. there's, so like, I mean, computer, and, computer, <laughs> yeah, computer hacker. There's um, getaway drivers. Yep. Like how do you, how do they translate into like an ancient yeah. Egyptian? Setting? Well, I mean the computer hacker is quite easy because it's a hieroglyphics expert. Yeah, sure. Right? So someone that is not only adept at reading them, but also writing them. So I'm assuming that in ancient oh, forgeries. Egypt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like wow. to to be like the hieroglyphics, to be the person that carves hieroglyphics for the pharaohs, you have to be some kind of noble, um, someone elite, right? Yeah, it's they're a, not just get it's ordinary. A hi- it's a highly educated position. Um, yeah, like literacy is at a very low percent, so you'd have to almost be like a noble family to yeah, be yeah. able to read and yeah. write. But and, and yeah, so this character, yeah. I like the idea, is like disgraced. Because yeah. he's turned his education into forgering. Yep. Forgering? He's a forgerer. <laughs> yep. So forging, um, forging, you know, official documents. Yep. And, like, maybe they. he's been locked up in prison. Mm. Um, isn't Danny Ocean's... Like, Danny Ocean comes out of the film at the first start of Ocean's Eleven. He does, because he was put away for theft. Yeah, but I, I like our, our, um, our forger to be maybe, like, the offsider. Like, to be the Brad Pitt... 
yeah. or the or the Adam Driver. Yep. To um. So he's like a secondary character, not yeah. quite main. Well, let's let's look at our main character then. So we need a uh, we need to give him him or her actually yeah, stakes the- as to why they're robbing exactly the the tomb because in Oceans and in Logan, there's a clear reason why they're doing it. So you, you know, get that you get that kind of like moral. Like, okay, they're kind of justified, I, I guess. I, I think I've got it. I think so. This character's uh, father yep. is the um, is a an artisan or mm-hmm. a like a, a um, sculptor yep. who has produced the finest gold statue okay. to have ever been created yep. at the um, at the behest of Ramesses to yep. what it's called the sequel to Ramesses, <laughs> um, and um, and Ramesses is like thank you this is the greatest golden statue that has ever been produced yep. and to ensure that nothing like this will ever be produced again i'm cutting off your hands oh. and cuts off the father's hands yep. and our main character is just like you've ruined our family for the sake of what yep. and the the father's distraught and so um we go this is when this this main character is a kid mm-hmm. the kid grows up and only has vengeance and wants this statue back because yep. it's you know yep. Uh, yes, it was for Ramesses, but Ramesses has destroyed the family. Yep. And so what that when Am- Ramesses dies and they're going to bury uh, Ramesses with the, the statue, yep. this character's like, I'm going to get it back. That's great, yeah, because then the statue can never be seen by anyone else ever again. So it's kind of like their legacy's really getting erased. Exactly. Um, okay, that's, that's fantastic. I love that idea. Uh, so our main character is... Well, hmm. what what skills do they have then? I suppose what have they been training well, for know, since because... since uh, boy or girlhood to bring them to like I, I get maybe maybe they are a, like a a forger as well. Like yeah. again, I don't want to don't know what to cross over too much with the um uh the hieroglyphics person. But if they come from a fi- family of uh, artists and craftsmen, hmm. maybe they uh, again you know they've fallen into the let's you know take well known works of carvings yeah. of Anubis and. But I mean, we could almost take we can almost take uh, one of the side plots of Ocean's Twelve, where they make a replica of the Fabergé egg digitally. And what if the our main character is sort of skilled up in the family trade of of gold production? Yeah, I think so. Production? I think so. But instead of instead of being the artist, they make replicas yeah. of of them, uh, uh, and then they'll, they'll go in and swap out like the the real yeah, 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 yeah. Um, obsidian statue of Anubis with yeah. like one of cheap sort of rock, <laughs> yeah. and then you know sell that on the the black market. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's fine. Uh, and then I think through that sort of trade, they've come up with they've met come across the person who yeah. forges documents and hieroglyphs and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And then I think you know your getaway driver is just like an expert horse rider or a charioteer or something like that. With camel called, rider. Camel. I mean, you know, it's, it's all um. Okay. I think I think uh, they're all in there, all modes of transport. Yeah. Um, sail. I'm sure there's the Nile. People sail boats on the yeah, Nile. Absolutely. Um, like a merchant uh, seaman or something. Yeah. Um, okay. I like this. I so how how I, I like I really like the way the story's coming. Okay. Along, to be <laughs> completely honest, it's, uh, the, the this might be one most, of our better stories. The most difficult thing with this is like the clever sort of twisty sort of yeah. plot sort of stuff. And the question is, do we try and come up with that, or or do we let like uh, scriptwriter <laughs> Stephen V King? Oh, I um, think Stephen V King's going to have to take a crack at it. But we can put around a general guideline or general yeah. kind of. This is how we sort of exactly. want it to work. But you know what's really great about this mm. is like one of the best things about these type of films is watching them yep. and having the twist revealed to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. The problem with us coming up with the twist is it won't be an enjoyable film That's to right, watch. That's right, we can't ever watch so, it. So we'll give Stephen V. King the general outline yep. and say, but you have to put in a twist that we didn't even think <laughs> of so we can actually go and watch and enjoy yep, this yep, film. Yep, yep. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have some stipulations as to what he can't do. So no time travel, no magic, no, yeah, no time superpowers, magic, nothing yeah. like that. Has to fit within cons- the constraints of the world that we've built, but it has to be a twist that we didn't see coming. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking, alternatively, you know how we spun off um, movie film studios, uh, the alternate ending? Yes, unit? yep. Maybe we get them going as well, because considering that the film that they were working on was stolen uh, by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, goddamn. Um, technically, they could maybe produce some alternate endings for this film. You know, instead of alternate endings... Mm. What about alternate beginnings? Has anyone ever thought of that? It's like, wow, a completely different beginning that somehow comes to the same ending. Oh. 
<laughs> maybe not maybe that's a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit too difficult although having said that it's there's a there's a really fantastic moment in um the guy Ritchie uh, lock stock and two smoking barrels mm. where one story sort of like uh plays itself out and yeah. comes to a point and then another story sort of plays itself out and comes to the same point yeah. and the third story plays itself out and comes to the same point mm. it's kind of an alternate beginning really yeah. it's 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 a well, run uh, run lola run did that again have not seen it oh <laughs> uh, probably see it yeah sure um why not? I like I quite like that. So you can tell actually tell the same story from the perspective of like three different characters, yeah. and maybe they all have their own reason for like robbing Ramesses' yeah, tomb. Yeah, yeah. And so like, by the time they show up, and they've you know you know the the grave see, robber traps are being sprung, right. and the sand is pouring in and filling them up, then we can sort of like yeah. So would these characters all be working together from the start, or would they all get there on their own accord? I think we have again not to borrow too much from uh, Cretaceous and the Seed of Life, <laughs> yep. but maybe we have like a few distinct groups of like three people yep. who are all sort of independently working yep. to to because I mean this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, yeah. and they know that as soon as the tomb is sealed up, they're never yep. going to be able to rob it again. Yep. So you have you have sort of three distinct groups, and then yeah. the, and it's their sort of uh, intercut stories, and then they eventually all end up in the same spot at the same time. That's a great, and then they all decide to work together. So that's the difference, right? So I think in Cretaceous, oh yeah, um, yeah. they're all self motivated to the end, whereas these guys at around about the middle point of the film, they'll all meet up, realize that they're actually far stronger as a unit, and decide to go on together. Yeah, great. Cue, cue the jazz. Pan cue pipes. the jazz. Pan pipes. <laughs> uh huh. Um, okay, so. Let's just think of a general kind of way that we want this to work. So we're at that middle point now. They're all established themselves. We've got the uh, vehicle expert. We've got the hieroglyphics expert. We've got the uh, forgery, like the, um, the, the the replica maker, yeah, sure. the the main main guy. Yeah. Um, we need demolitions. We do need demolitions. Demolitions. I don't know. I think. Obviously, gunpowder was a, a Chinese thing. I don't yeah. think it made its way across. Maybe he's more of a like. Possibly like an architect, uh, architect type character yep. who knows the layout of the buildings and also their uh, 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 keystone weak, weak yeah, point yeah, yeah. sort of you know bits and pieces, so he can yep. both tunnel in and, and demolish things on yeah. his way out. Maybe he was like a a, a slave uh, whipper, a slave whipper, a slave whipper. That's <laughs> was that a role? <laughs> uh, it, it could have been. I think the general consensus nowadays is that the. Um, building of the the pyramids was far too complex for unskilled slaves to have done it was probably oh, okay. actually done by um uh, um laborers. skilled craftsmen okay so uh, maybe he was a, a, yeah. a skilled craftsman son of the guy who designed the tomb yeah and then Ramesses came along and said you shall design no more tombs <laughs> and cut off his dad's hands um, so hang on every every character every character in this film um their father's have all had their hands or cut or off mothers, for various, yeah, okay. various families. For, for whatever reason. Yeah. So let's, okay, so we've got hieroglyphics. <laughs> what are you guy. doing here? My dad stole a loaf of bread and he had his hands cut off. <laughs> that's that's pr- pretty standard. Like, <laughs> sure, m- most of us are here because our dad's hands cut off for, for not breaking the law. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, but yeah. you know, he was a thief and I'm a thief, so I'm here to steal right. stuff as well. So hieroglyphics guy's father wrote like the most epic poem ever yeah. conceived. And you're like, well, no more poems out of you. Hands cut off. It's just like, but I can, I can still speak. I Poems out with your tongue is like I really should have cut my mouth shut. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, vehicle, vehicle guy. <laughs> you, like, yeah. He, his dad's an expert camel breeder or horse breeder or something yeah. like that. It's just like, why are you doing this, Ramesses? As it turns out, Ramesses second just has a thing for hands. Just he's got a separate room in his vault and just has a collection of mummified hands. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually he's actually like. In Ramesses' mind, he's doing the humane thing because everyone yeah. else, everyone else would have like you know buried their uh, their servants with them and, yeah, and killed yeah. them. He's just like, I'm just taking their hands, yeah, guys. I'm yeah. not taking their lives. That's fine. I'm way better than my dad, Ramesses <laughs> one. Like Ramesses one would have cut off the guy's head. I'm just doing yeah. hands, man. Yeah, Ramesses- you can't blame me. I, you know, it's it's all nature versus nurture, and this yeah. is the way I was brought up. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying my best to do the right thing, but, you know, you've got to lose some body part and it might as well be your hands. <laughs> it's just the way it is, guys. It's just the way it is. Um, do we need a gymnast? I'd like a kind of acrobat. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I quite like uh, the, the traveling sort of menagerie that performs yeah. for the pharaoh yeah. where, and one of the, like, the trapeze artist mm. gymnast sort of people in there can, um, um, again, yeah. uh, if we're talking about heist films, we'll bring up Entrapment. Mm. And Entrapment does laser beams very very well <laughs> with months and months and months of training for Catherine Zeta-Jones yep. to get through that instead of this stupid freaking parkour <laughs> French man with moving laser beams this would not work <laughs> this is a horrible horrible film moving random laser beams oh, I might add yeah just um 
Yeah, so I don't know what the equivalent of laser so, beams yeah, what is. is the equi- I was going to say, is it just like a bunch of like uh, a bunch of workers hidden beneath the walls, just sort of like blow darting well, I think constantly? This, we discussed this with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? <laughs> like having these um, things operate thousands of years later, like you step on a pressure stone and have the blow dart shoot a blow dart at yeah. you, is, is like far less likely than like generations of <laughs> tribesmen just like yeah. you know. Just behind hidden, the hidden, hidden behind, behind the, the wall with yeah. blow darts, just yep. shooting at people. Um, yep. So and they can't get out of there though. So it's like I reckon they just it could be just one family of blow dart people, um, and they're enclosed in there, and they're given food and 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 water and all that kind of stuff, and they can breed in there. But that's it. <laughs> so they're just trapped in there for all eternity, and they just they can't do anything but blow blow darts out of the wall. Yeah. So we have I think the the Pharaoh's tomb has blow dart traps, which. Yep. Um, I think it's a female gymnast, uh, sure. and yep. she can sort of cartwheel her way through that yeah. if she wants to. Let's let's use uh, Kara Delevingne from yeah, uh, sure. from we'll rescue her from Valerian. Valerian and, and, and <laughs> Suicide Squad, I believe, is getting a sequel. So oh, really, I have no idea if she signed on for that Jeez. one, but yeah. All right, um, yeah, she can be in our she can be our, our film as the gymnast. Um, so if we have three troops of people, we yep. essentially need three Danny Ocean's characters, <laughs> three Brad Pitt characters, and three Matt Demon characters. <laughs> yeah, um, in, in each of those. Yeah. So, but they, as we've established prior, they can be male or female. Doesn't absolutely. Really matter. Um, so group one, I think let, let's have our we need to. I think we need a main main Danny Ocean. Though, yeah. Uh, or our main so main uh, Jimmy of Logan. those of those th- three groups of people. Yeah. Collectively, one of them is the Danny Ocean three, yes. and one of them is the Brad Pitt three, and one yeah, is the Matt Damon great idea, three. Great so idea. you have the George Clooney, George Clooney, yep. and then the George Clooney, Matt Damon, and the George Clooney, Brad Pitt, <laughs> and then you have the Brad Pitt, George Clooney, and the Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, the Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, and the Matt Damon, George Clooney, the yep. Brad Pitt. Yep. Yep. You get it. You yeah, get the I get idea. It. I get it. I get it. I'm um, on the same page. So let's go team team George Clooney. <laughs> we need the George Clooney, George Clooney. Yep. Uh, who's a good leading man these days? And I mean, we need to find... I want to cast someone we've never cast before. It's true. I mean, I, I, again, I was about to suggest Anna Kendrick because I think yeah. she'd be great no, in that role but she her. was in uh, she was in K-N-I-G H-T-S. Um uh, so oh, who else could we have uh, good female character yeah running well, Sandra Bullock Sandra Bullock we haven't cast her in anything and she is a very respectable actress um, and I feel like she actually she might be in the new Oceans film <laughs> <laughs> I in fact most of the female leads that I would cast are probably in that Oceans film um. Mm. Oh, do we want to go like? Oh, we've cast. Have we cast Judy Dench before? We have. She was in Adventure Children. What as about the, the female head of the Nazis? <laughs> what about Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren. I think we were either going to get Helen Mirren or, or Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence to yeah, play a okay. young Helen Mirren. Uh. Mm. I'm thinking younger. I think younger? we go like. Um, have we cast Emma Watson? No. Yeah, I think I think she might be a good sort of. Um, uh, so if if, uh, if she's the George Clooney, George Clooney, yep. then uh, Clara can be the um, the George Clooney, Matt Damon, yep. and we can have like an all female, um, oh, all female leads. Uh, all right, great. Um, so then the Brad Pitt, yeah, uh, the, the, the George Brad Clooney, Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yep. we have to have as sort of one of those young twenty-ish up and coming yep. yep. uh, female actresses. What about the younger Fanning? Um, Ellie Fanning. Ellie Fanning. I yeah. like that team. That's yeah. a really nice team. Um, of you know they're they're set on you know uh, vengeance and yep. you know righting their wrongs yep. and taking their destiny into their own hands sort of thing. Mm. That's fine. Do you think it's also worth uh, having a racially diverse cast in the same way that the Ocean's films have? <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't in- know how instead we'd of casting it. just as we have uh, three attractive twenty-something <laughs> yep. white females for ancient Egypt. Yep. Maybe uh, it's it's true. <laughs> It is We're getting like, in the same trouble a, that that Gods of Egypt film got into as well. Yeah, we have just completely uh, overlooked <laughs> the fact that they are. Um, uh, I was going to say sub-Saharan, but I think that's uh, supposed to be south of. Uh, they are yeah. Saharan in a lot of ways, but um, they don't need to have come from Egypt. They could have traveled. That's true. That's true. So, so maybe maybe we have like the traveling menagerie group has yeah. these three white European female types yeah, yeah, who yeah. have been sort of going from. Gaul through to yep, you yep. know Greece performing and now now they're in Egypt. Mm. Um, maybe our main you know Egyptian people. We do we we go and cast uh, um, those sort of. I, again, I don't I don't really know enough. Who's the who is who plays the mummy in the mummy? Uh, Sophie, uh, Sophia Butler, who I think is Mexican. All oh, right, okay. I mean, not Spanish. This, I again, that's probably being very racially insensitive. Yeah. Just going. 
There's uh, uh, there's a few actors I can think of, but I cannot remember their names for the life of me right now. Um, who we could cast? That's probably really bad that I can't remember their names. But um, look, we'll, we'll look into it. You know we who would be? I think again, without being uh, Zoe Saldana, I think would yep. be a really good. Um, main sort of female. Yep. Uh, I think she actually did. She get into trouble recently for um, playing uh, uh, African American yeah, singer uh, or something for like that. Ella Fitzgerald. I Nina. Th- no, Nina Simone. Nina Simone. That's right. Um, and there was a lot of issue about that because she wasn't black enough. Apparently, I which... think. She, I think the biggest issue I saw was she's too attractive. <laughs> Appar- apparently, one of the the the. Um, biggest things about Nina Simone is that she was you know quite a um she was just like she was not a particularly attractive person mm. but her voice and her songwriting and her yeah. music um, musicianship was so good mm. that it sort of you know this is where it sort of and they cast this sort of you know uh young and very attractive person yeah. uh, against the role of someone who was uh, you know had yeah. to overcome the problems that yep. um anyway and that's a whole different kettle of fish that one yeah um there's also lupita nyong'o i'm probably pronouncing that name wrong she plays mars kanata in um star wars and she oh, yeah. also was in uh i think was she in 12 years slave maybe it's true we could just i mean i'm sure um yeah just i suppose it, uh, you know it is egypt is an african country so mm. we can just grab you know, a whole bunch of people. Actually, that's really. I can't say we can grab a whole bunch of people and not, you know, have slavery connotations. Well, I, I sincerely apologize. We'll cast a whole bunch of people with African It's going to be diverse. The yeah. film's going to be diverse because I think that um, the Oceans films capture that kind of wide collection of personalities and people and people playing accents really terribly and yeah. so on and so forth. So we'll have that. We're going to have all of that. only we could cast Bernie Mac. I know. It's like the the second week in a row where the absence <laughs> of Bernie Mac has been a... It's, it's a... Yeah. yeah. We got him to play the AI in Criterion. Um, <laughs> Just through voice clips. Not Criterion, sorry. Criterion. It will be part of the Criterion collection oh, one absolutely. day, which is where all, my confusion comes from. All our films will be once we're bought out by Fox and then bought out by Disney. <laughs> yeah. After we've bought out, out a bunch, we've of, small out a bunch of other small studios. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, I like how this film is going. So, obviously, uh, Stephen V. King is going to take a crack at the yeah. script. Just um, twists upon twists upon twists. Yes. Yeah, so obviously, the team succeeds. They're going to steal the, the gold. Don't tell me that. I don't oh, want no. to know how the film oh, ends. I, I'm sorry. We, I thought we, it was just assumed. Uh, we could, oh. we could, it could be Rogue One. That could one. be the twist. It could be, uh, you know, where everyone dies at the end. <laughs> Um, That's right. Yeah, Stephen V. King could do anything. Don't tell us, V. King. We want to. We want to enjoy our films. We can't come up with everything. Um, <laughs> well, we do need to come up with a name. We do. Um, that's a really tough. Which one. Which is a tough one. Uh, how yeah. many? How many people are in this film? Is it nine? Is it I, three groups of three? I think we go with yeah the three groups of three. N- yeah. not nine main people. Nine down the Nile. Oh, I like. I like the play on uh, nine and Nile. Yeah. Um, I was about to say Nile of the Egypt. <laughs> I'm like, what? like the issue is, so you got you have the jewel of the Nile yep. and romancing the stone of sort of more that sort of like yeah. treasure hunting uh, action adventure yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of Indiana Jones type films, mm-hmm. and you sort of like, I don't know, Logan Lucky's very sort of maybe we two, can... two words, Ocean's Eleven. Maybe we just call it Nile, but we somehow squeeze the word nine in there as part of the graphic design for it. Yeah. So. Um, Mm. Can we squeeze the the actual number nine into Nile? I think I think what we do sense. is that we create our own letter, which is simultaneously <laughs> an N and an L. Yep. And um, people are like, "Oh, did you see the new film Nile?" And then you're like, "Don't you mean the new film Nine? Yep. And it's just like people don't really know: is it one? Is yeah. it the other? It's both. It's both simultaneously. Yep. So if you search for Nile, you'll get our yep. film. If you search for Nine, you'll also get our. I film. mean, it's it's very very difficult to search because um, uh, the twenty uh, seventh letter of the alphabet, which is uh, simultaneously L and N, is yep. not on keyboards yet. No. But as you mentioned, we are potentially going into the the field of making our own yeah. Uh, equipment. Yeah, yeah. To to be able to stream it. So. Yeah. Whatever tablet you get, which is a movie film studio uh, tablet, yep. will have that uh, whole, oh, whole bunch of yeah, extra yeah. keys yep. for for letters and words that don't even. It should exist just be yet. like every key on the keyboard should just be a name of one of our productions. So you don't even need to type out like every individual letter. You just type in like, oh, I want to see K N I G H T S, and you just hit that button. Exactly. It's, it's like it. it's like Shift Two. Shouldn't that be like uh, at? It's yeah. like no, Shift Two is Adventure Children. <laughs> Uh, it just brings up adventure children. Yeah, yeah, great. All right, this is brilliant. So, <laughs> Nile Nine. Seeds. I don't know how you would say it. Nylon? 
Um, sure. Uh, Ninel. It doesn't end in L. No, well. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, you, you, you say it just as nine or Nile, um, and just people look at you confused because yeah. they're not sure what you're talking about and you're yeah. not sure what they're talking about. But when we're bored out, everyone's going to know what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Um, so it is the um, the ancient Egyptian tomb robbing heist that the uh, the public has <laughs> been demanding for years with with twist endings that <laughs> not even the movie studio people who came up with the story know about. Oh, oh, I think that's a wrap. Oh, that is absolutely a wrap on <laughs> nine. <laughs> Nile. <laughs> or, or Nile on or, or nine, which, whichever one you choose. Either or. Um, all right. Uh, uh, any housekeeping? Do we uh, have... Um, yeah, housekeeping as per usual. Uh, we are on the internet as... Um, oh, we're on various places, actually. We have a website, moviefilmstudios.net, where you can find all our episodes... Uh, and some pictures of us, um, because, of course, you want to see pictures of us in a podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, where you can uh, post answers to the clues that yep. Isaac puts up every week uh, that hint at what the next podcast episode is going to be. Yeah, no idea how I'm going to do Logan Lucky. <laughs> um, although, maybe it'll be good, because people have been getting them a little bit faster. Yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that another film has come out called Logan this year yes. um, means that, you know... Yeah, a few maybe, red herrings in there. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. Um, well, do we need to also congratulate who got uh, the answer? Right? I, I already did. I, I last week at the end of our episode, I congratulated the two people who got it right oh. pre um, preemptively. So great. Um, I'm not going to congratulate anyone this week because no one got it right, <laughs> or that's what or I'm assuming. Everyone got it right. Or everyone got it right. <laughs> or the two people who got it right. Congratulations, you two people. Yep. The four people who guessed wrong. Oh, oh, better luck oh, next time, geez. four oh, people. Oh. And the, the six people who liked the comment, also good. <laughs> and thanks to my aunt, who likes, but I think has absolutely no idea exactly what's going on, and also but is just the, very supportive. For the hundreds of millions of people that are completely unaware that we exist, mm, like, <laughs> thanks? You say hundreds of millions, it is legitimately Probably in billions. the billions. <laughs> But having said that, I mean that's that's pretty much the same with anyone. Anyone who has a following of more than yep. a billion people is doing pretty well. So <laughs> um, we're also on Twitter. We're at Moo. Uh, we're at Movie Film Studio on Twitter. Again, I don't know why. Uh, find us on iTunes. Find us on any other place where good podcasts are found. If they're being sold on that site, you should really demand a refund because yeah. you should not be paying money. <laughs> this is for this absolutely going out for free. <laughs> And I think that's it. Yeah. Um, all right. So once again, thank you for listening to Movie Film Studios. I have been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Mark.